0: Everybody. Welcome back to the com Anime Manga Podcast. As always, I'm Dead. If you know today, we have Birdie.
1: Good evening.
0: Uh, no, Trey, this week, unfortunately, he is busy with, I don't know, things.
1: Or maybe he just doesn't like us anymore. That's entirely possible.
0: That <laughs> entirely possible.
1: That is entirely possible. Oh.
0: <sighs> anyway, yeah, we got stuff. Everybody around here is in less of a shitty mood. Like, well, slightly. maybe
1: Trey.
0: Except maybe Trey. <laughs> but anyway, yes, we're here to talk about fucking anime and shit. Birdie!
1: Okay, well, I'm going to go on a sliding scale of of um, actual good to bad to bad good. If that makes any sense,
0: yeah, yeah, I got that.
1: All right, so I started with the thing that I am genuinely surprised about and can thoroughly recommend to everyone: uh, the Bride of the Ancient Magus. I've watched about one and a half episodes so far. Uh, I wish I'd looked up who um, animated this because that's going to be one of the big talking points. I'm on it. But uh, all right, but um, it by all by all appearances, as far as I can tell, it appears to have been either um. A, not shonen uh seinen it's either a seinen series or a shoujo series it's hard to tell with the artwork but
0: on it's shonen
1: really this is shonen yep I um with the okay anim- I guess
0: with the animation done by Wit Studios okay an animation studio yeah. founded back in 2012 by folks from production IG
1: oh well never mind that explains that uh i'm if this is a shonen series this is even weirder weirdly less appropriate for what i think of as shonen than say like something like we never study because well this there's a lot of good fantasy type stuff in this it's very low action it's very muted but uh So, from what I've watched so far, um, the titular ancient magus appears to be the thing on the cover with the the skull head of some kind of carnivorous animal with horns, and that is his actual head, as far as I can tell. He's not wearing a mask or anything, because he just, he drinks tea with it at one point in the first episode, which is amusing to watch, and he dresses like a butler, which makes it even more confusing, but, um... (laughs) Um, so, yeah, so the Ancient Mage is Elias, and the bride in question, I think, is a a teenage red-haired Japanese girl named Hattori Chisei, and um, the exact, this you know, magic world, magic magic, whatever, all that stuff, it's always kind of hard to tell what exactly the meanings of some of this stuff is. But, as far as I've been able to determine, it seems to be sort of a... It, if I just, it's like... um, It's a marriage, almost like a... It, it, almost like kind of a demon contract type thing. Because, um, well, he is very nurturing to her and he tries to understand her as best he can and they have this lovely little college uh, c- cottage out in the english countryside um he has this line at one point where he says uh look i'm here to teach you magic and you're here to teach me how to understand humans so if you clam up whenever you have one of these emotional moments i have no idea what to do Uh and as far as i've watched that's all i understand of that aspect of the story but in it, with magic, with a magic series, what always um, tends to impress you is all the little details, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad this is former production IG staff type stuff because, holy shit! <laughs> so the first scene is a, a woman, kind of like at a uh, what's that, what's that, what's that bookstore in Harry Potter, the one that all the Students go to get their books from. Yeah, I can't fuck. remember, like or something. Ah, shit! Gonna look this up too. Ostrander's is the wand shop. I can't remember what the. It has book been shop way
0: is. too long since I've thought anything yeah. about Harry Potter.
1: Yeah, I just, I it just, it, It's just that's the only way I could think to describe it. So this woman who runs this bookstore appears to have been asked by the ancient magus Elias to send over some books from New York City to England. And, uh, you know, relatively normal request um, until you see the method of delivery <laughs> because uh, she puts all these books and experimental tools and stuff on, a, on this big sheet and then with the help of what looks like some kind of wind sprite... Um, she folds the, the... But what's funny is, like, first you see her try to fold this uh, cloth over and compress it, but then she forgets, oh, crap, I forgot a book, and then it explodes everywhere, and then they have to pick it up and put it all back in the sheet again. <laughs> but when they finally do compress it down into roughly the size of an egg, they um, then put it in this what looks kind of like a small mouse trap type thing with spikes which is not the case. It's apparently what's supposed to represent the rib cage of a mechanical bird, and she then opens the mouth and puts like a receipt in the bird's mouth, and then wills magic into it, and it becomes a real bird and flies to England, where once it has delivered its... once it has finished delivering its purpose, all the magic is undone, and then Elias and Hattori are just left with this pile of books and experimental stuff, and the... Clockwork skeleton of a crow.
0: It that could be useful. I don't know. <laughs> it'd be fucking metalized.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it's all—it's all those little—it's all these little weird details that make me kind of like the world. And I guess I haven't talked to it, but because uh, like when Hattori first wakes up in the morning, there's this giant black dog just laying next to her, and it wakes up at the same time, and then they start. Saying they start literally talking, and then they both go downstairs to breakfast. After the dog catches a literal gremlin and throws it outside, after they made after he apparently made it fix something it had busted up. Because you know, sure.
0: Yeah, I know. Dogs are real good at disciplining gremlins.
1: Yeah. Well, then he then he shapeshifts into a person for breakfast.
0: Again, like like you do. I mean, dogs love bacon. I don't know. Oh, and that uh, bookstore is I, yeah, called I... Flourish and Blots. Okay. That took way Wait. too long for me to find.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, just, it's kind of an obscure detail. It's not what people immediately jump to when they have Harry Potter trivia questions. Yeah, because searching but, through all uh, the fucking
0: shit like, hey, it's a fucking Harry Potter bookstore. I just got like, hey, here are the in-universe books of Harry Potter. Yeah. You know, but, like um, Severus Snape's copy of that fucking potion yeah. making shit.
1: And it's funny you mentioned bacon because the two dishes they are eating for breakfast are some kind of uh, tomato salad and bacon pancakes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> of course it is. And, the Breakfast of Champions.
1: Yeah. And cooked by a girl, a woman or girl, it's hard to tell in anime these days, who dresses like Little Bo Peep, but kind of looks like a homunculus because her skin is so pale and she has bright red eyes with blonde hair. You know, and like the shock blonde, almost no color blonde hair. So it's like, are you a living doll? I just, I just want to know. Because, I mean, you've got emotions and everything, but with Magic Worlds you can never tell.
0: Sounds like a side character from ReZero.
1: Entirely possible, but like when the when the um, crow delivery system appears and they are complaining about, oh, we should go into the study and work, uh, they get annoyed because, it, well, she the, that the cook gets annoyed because she hasn't touched her breakfast yet, so she's staring there, she's going to beat the crap out of her with a spatula if she doesn't eat her breakfast.
0: Human emotions.
1: <laughs> but yeah, and then they go into the into the office and. The magus is saying, you know, I never really try to clean up in here because, you know, the books always wind up somewhere else than where I put them. And he's not speaking metaphorically in that case. He, his his office is full of these little sprites that look like... Have you ever seen you know what a silverfish is?
0: Vaguely.
1: It's a type of bug that's known to uh, feed on paper and they hang out in books or cardboard boxes. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and, they even, and I think the reason they're called uh, fish is because their blood is silver.
0: But why fish?
1: Because they move in that... They don't move like insects, they move like they're swimming.
0: Okay, but they're not. They're walking. I know, but
1: it's... Yeah, but there's lots of names like that that don't necessarily make sense, but for that are not like official titles, but anyway... Um, so the process of cleaning up all these books and putting all the new books away, they come across this book from Japan that I'm assuming that apparently Hatori must have read as a child, but she's not immediately willing to talk about until Elias kind of pushes her because like, this is why I married you because I need you to help me understand human emotions. Okay. <laughs> At which point we cut to Hattori's backstory in Japan which is not sunshine and rainbows, despite the bright green, the bright colorful color palette and the up, mostly upbeat um, music. I mean, given Probably that music.
0: she is, given that she is getting married to that fucking skull face person, I'm assuming she didn't lead a great life leading up to these moments.
1: Possibly, it's hard to tell. I haven't, like I said, I've only watched one and a half episodes so far. Also, is but, it weird um, that
0: every time you say Hatori, I immediately fill out Hatori Hanzo?
1: No, you because know, it's it, it's it's such a famous name in Japanese folklore that pe- people just kind of, and also pe- people who watch um, Kill Bill, Kill Bill immediately it they, it jumps to their mind before anything else, but um, yeah, and so yeah, her her backstory is you know sunshine rainbow is like her mother tries to strangle her, and when she can't force herself to do it, she jumps from a fourth story window and kills herself. You know, happy fun times. Yeah, totally. And then they do the the relatives don't want her thing, and some, group who, some family who takes her in is kind of upset that she's not really fitting in all that well, but it, it's not entirely her fault because she has a hard time convincing herself to eat anything in anyone's house because whenever she tries to eat a meal, um, a black slimy thing comes up out of the table and starts eating the food in front of her, and no one else can see it.
0: So what do they see? Do they just see the food just disappearing?
1: Yeah, they just see little bits of the food moved or disappearing. So that uh, doesn't go well for her for a while, and it in and, and the second episode it gets her, step, her step-brothers start blaming her for tension in the house because the mom, who's the one at home most of the time trying to take care of this child that's having serious emotional issues, is taking it out on her husband and her husband being the traditional Japanese businessman who's like trying to be nice but assumes that someone else will take care of the problem on a regular basis because he's busy all the time doesn't is just kind of distracted so if the the stepbrothers blame her when the mother leaves but uh it's hard to tell how much of that is her fault and how much of that is just existing problems that were exacerbated by her presence so this being a bad day for her, she goes for a walk in the park. <laughs>
0: well, it happened one day.
1: <laughs> no, oh, I mean it's all in the course of one episode, but it's it, it, it there's a small passage of time, but it's, it doesn't appear to be that much time. But um, yeah, so she goes for a walk in the park, which does not go well when she encounters another black slimy thing that mo- that acts and moves like if you combined a tree with a rat.
0: that sounds like a fucking skull island monster
1: it's uh, impossible because like it it kind of uh, at first it moves like um that uh that no face thing from uh spirited away but then it very clearly distinctly takes the shape of a rat and it has this like no mask thing over where the eyes would be but it its head and everything else looks like a rat until she wanders into this library in the middle of the woods and closes the door, in which case the thing shatters into thousands of rat spirits that start crawling all over the windows.
0: And I'm just assuming that the soundtrack here is just fucking all like really upbeat pop music.
1: No, no, it's they don't they don't do the tone the tone whiplash thing with the musical score. They do have appropriate music for scenes like that. I think during this scene, it was mostly like. I, it was a mixture of, like, sort of um, low cello strumming and the, the you know, the the <laughs> on a violin. Yeah, I discordant
0: can't... violin seizing.
1: Yeah. So, eventually she figures out that this uh, uh, library in the middle of the woods, which is literally called The Library in the Woods, is, like, a magic library. And the mage there, his name is Richie, gives her a library card so she can get in and out of the woods and, and into the library whenever she wants to. And this is the only place she ever feels safe, because it's the only place where all the slimy things don't come. Now, there are, like, fuzzy eyeball things all over the place, but according to the mage... Oh, they won't bother you. They're too busy reading.
0: Yeah, but just wait. Pretty soon. I'm, given how things have been going so far, she'll learn that. She'll learn the fucking eyeballs and the Library and are having fucking marital problems, and the books start blaming her for it.
1: Yeah, who knows? She's just reading every, I mean, one, she uh, just
0: reading every couple paragraphs and just says, It's your fault they're fighting, bitch.
1: Yeah, but after that, um, the only other thing that I've watched so far that seems to be hinting at where the story is going is that there's a scene with bright orange moonlight and purple shadows where the mage in question has a kind of demented look on his face until he snaps to attention and looks at a book with a weird sun and moon symbol on the top, and then he starts. He grabs it, hides it in his chest, and starts hyperventilating like he's terrified. So that's probably not going to go anywhere good, but I don't know exactly where.
0: Yeah, we'll find out, I guess.
1: Yeah, like I said, there's only two episodes out so far. I'm going to keep watching. I don't know when more are coming, because this is like a... The first two episodes are two parts of what I assume is like a. Since the since the first part of the first episode starts kind of in medias res, I'm assuming that the rest of these, whatever how many ever many parts of this prequel part there are, just leading us up to where we started basically, which I'm fine with. That's a, a perfectly appropriate way to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, the the art's gorgeous. Like I said, just the little details, like the crow thing or the. The giant rat spirit slamming into a wall and collapsing into a sea of smaller rat dark spirits, or like seeing a, a clawed um, eyeball hand just getting into she she won't even lay in her own bed because there's a clawed eyeball hand adjusting itself and getting comfortable every night, so she just lays against the wall.
0: Is it like getting comfortable in her bed, or is it just like
1: yeah, in her comfort in her bed.
0: So she's just, like, sitting against the wall while this thing's just, like, tossing and turning, trying to get, like, the pillows just right, like, every once in a while kind of, like, getting up and flipping the pillow over to the cool side? Yeah. Yeah, that seems, like, going to be annoying.
1: Yeah. And it's made worse by the fact that since this is a typical Japanese one- or two-room apartment, uh, she sleeps in the same room with her stepbrothers, and because of her, the parents are fighting all the time, and the brothers blame her, so they just sit—one of—the older one just sits there glaring at her— ...blaming her for problems that he has no control over. So, you know, happy stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just like Harry Potter, lovely childhood.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but... By all indications, at least based on the part before the uh, backstory starts... ...she seems relatively happy with... ...however the things have worked out with the ancient Magus. But again, I don't know all the details yet. I went into this completely cold knowing nothing but the poster image and the title... Yeah, and also if I, like, if, given if, her, if I had known production IG, I might have gone to it more readily. But
0: yeah, and like given her previous life, I'm assuming most things would be comparatively better.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, even, if out,
0: even if it turns out like, to the end and she's just been like there until she until she has like the right weight, and then all of a sudden the mage just fucking like eats her alive. She'd probably be like, I'd still take this over that fucking bedroom.
1: Yeah, probably. But, um, yeah, so I'm thoroughly enjoying this. I'm going to keep watching this. Like I said, it's gorgeously animated. The score is really effective. And like I said, particularly, I mean, I notice it all the time, you, well, except for the scenes where they're doing it more minimalist. But the, it, it works best when it's trying to leave you unnerved, ah. which for a series like this I kind of appreciate. So, yeah, no hearty recommendation for uh, The Ancient Magus' Bride. All
0: right, and uh just for anybody out there who if you don't want to wait for the man- if you don't want to wait for the anime, there is a manga of it that came yes. out before. Uh, it is currently uh, the se- there are there are 7 volumes of it with the 7th volume getting an English release in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah. All right. So now on to something that just came out and I give no shits about. Uh Hinoa Ga Crush.
0: With a name like that, how can not it be quality?
1: So yeah, um... Who was screaming for a direct sequel to a comic I kill?
0: Oh, that's what that is.
1: Yeah. I... I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Hinoa is, um... Fisherman's daughter in some, like, small... Uh... Seafaring nation to the south... I assume, they're to the east. It's hard to tell. But it's it seems to be, whereas uh, Akame Got kill seemed like this weird me- mesh of Nazis, the Roman Empire, and ancient China. This seems to be more traditionally focused on Japanese stuff, for the most part. Okay. And uh, they try to establish Hinoa as kind of, you know, um, whatever, oh crap, what was his name? Uh, the the brown haired guy from, uh, the, f- from a comic I kill.
0: Uh, I don't know. I should,
1: I should remember his name. Cause he was actually the main character, not the person the series was named after, which still annoys me. Oh, but, that guy. Uh, okay. Uh,
0: yeah. Characters Tatsumi.
1: Tatsumi. Yeah. She's sort of the Tatsumi where she's like, she seems confident in her abilities. Like a fish, the size of jaws jumps out of the water at her and she cleaves it in half with her, with her, half-axe, half-knife fishing tool.
0: You know. Because I guess she's... Yeah, she...
1: She's supposed to be... She's, she's out, supposed to be She's badass. outdoorsy.
0: She's outdoorsy. She, you know, after after a nice day of filleting some fish, she needs to chop down some trees.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um... Things immediately, as they would by this, from this director, from this creative team, go bad for her as um, an assassin from a neighboring from the from the uh, from a neighboring country sneaks onto her ship and kills her and most of her family and leaves her badly wounded and kicks her into the water. Uh, she wakes up on she manages to she luckily washes up back on her home village, but like she said, you know, bad day.
0: Yeah.
1: So she's now by all indications, I, I, as far as I can tell from the way the first chapter ends, uh, Hina was one of those, I'm going to improve myself as a warrior and fight for a situation where this civil war, which they talk about is the reason for this assassin, is that there's a civil war going on between these two parts, I guess, of the same nation then, since it's a civil war, but um, that she was going to fight for a world where this is not, ne- where this kind of thing doesn't happen and having to fight for your life on a regular basis is not necessary, and the next image we see is a Kame washing up on shore, presumably on the same island, I guess. Okay. So yeah. I, I don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah, given how that previous story uh, went, it will not surprise me if like if like as it happens, uh she turn it turns out that her parents were actually this horrible fucking rapist or something, and she ends up joining forces with that fucking guy who tried to kill her.
1: Yeah, well, girl. Sorry, but I didn't make that clear. But yeah, okay, I, well, lady. I, it then. didn't really clear. Yeah,
0: ladies can be murderers too. Okay.
1: Yeah, particularly in this series. Yeah, but um, so yeah, I just. I, and
0: I guess final thing. I mean, uh, do you feel that she is wearing the anime equivalent of plaid? Because that is all I can see her in.
1: Um. That style of clothing is sort of indicative of Japanese fishing villages. I never really thought of that as plaid, but I can see where you'd get that from. It's just I'd sort of associate that style of of Japanese clothing with fishing villages, so that's that don't really bother. Yeah, like me, as soon as, soon as you
0: like as soon as you said like, Oh yeah, it's a fucking like knife axe combo. But when she fishes, I was like, Oh, okay, so she like wears fucking plaids and like jeans and stuff and like really heavy boots. She and Wendy yeah, would get along great.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was about to say she's Japanese Wendy. Maybe I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's kind of a bland character at this point. But I, like I said, I don't really care. I'm, I have no further investment in the Akame Ga Kill universe. I was the way the first series ended was so bonkers that I didn't really particularly feel a sequel was in any way necessary, particularly yeah. not one that focuses on that the only returning character is a character at this point at least is a character I literally know. I never gave any shits about in this in the original series. I never cared about a comic.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to follow or, up a series with title character running off into the sunset while our main character is a dragon. Yeah, like like, like the ending of like yeah, Tatsu going back to his village. People were weirded out for a bit. I feel like that's kind of the just end it there. That is just good way to end that. Just never go back to it again. Akame walks off into the sunset and falls off a fucking cliff. Yeah. She and S. Death yeah, have I'd, a fight I'd... forever while Tatsumi just kinda hangs out with his kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't care. In like, I was I mean, I was I was satisfied, even if I was a little confused with how the original series wrapped up, but nothing about this screamed to me it was needed a sequel. Certainly not a almost a direct sequel slash spinoff focusing on different characters. I just... It's hard for me to get excited about this at all. I read it because I was curious. I didn't know when I read it that it was a exact... A, a direct, I, I noticed it was the same creative team as a comic I kill. I didn't know it was actually a sequel. But, uh, yeah, I just... Yeah,
0: I heard... I saw the news that he was doing a like a fucking new series a while back, but I did not know that it was a direct sequel to... I can make a kill.
1: Yeah. Nah, no, I just... I don't care. Check it out if you're curious if you're really that invested in this bonkers series. But I... I can't really do anything with it. I just, it's just... It's there. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now on to the fun bad one.
0: I like that noise. <laughs>
1: I watched the recent Yu-Gi-Oh! movie.
0: <laughs>
1: Why? Because I wanted to see how bad it was, and I'm so glad I did. <laughs> oh my god, something this terrible should not be this well animated. Oh god. Uh. Uh, let me see, it's... See, Yu-Gi-Oh badness, I can actually get behind. Uh, Sword Art Online badness just kind of annoys me. But Yu-Gi-Oh, when it's bad, so commits to its absurd badness that I'm kind of entranced by it. I can't take it seriously.
0: Yeah, I mean, naturally. Because
1: you can't. But because it's so batshit, and because they're still taking it this seriously, I'm just laughing at it. So Which was is why the, the moment.
0: So that of uh, the dark side of dimensions.
1: Dark side of dimensions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Just thinking yeah, no. about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Just let so it roll over Set- you. So Seto Kaiba is the greatest stupid person in the world. Naturally. He um since his only defining character traits are i must beat dark yugi and i'm rich he's contracted his own company to try to f- manufacture a sim- a simulation of dark yugi for him to duel and beat but every time he doesn't no th- it gets worse it gets worse <laughs> but he's like it's never, it's not the real thing it, it never has it, it never gives me that edge like he's a friggin' drug addict so man, I, need that it fix. I need that fix man it is infinite wisdom um, he has hired people to go dig up the millennium items again because Yuki explained enough to him about how the millennium puzzle works that he figured okay if I get the puzzle back maybe you can bring back dark Yugi I can finally face him in a duel whatever I don't care um, wait hold on a sec
0: dog problems everybody I don't know anything about this movie so I can't actually kill time I don't know y'all like that Call of Duty I don't, I don't fucking know <sighs>
1: okay so um, alright so I left off on uh, digging up the Millennium Items I think. Yes,
0: you left me fucking floundering because I don't know dick about this movie and I can't talk about it Yeah,
1: Sorry, sorry I, I, didn't want, I wanted to avoid barking and scratching at the door um, So yeah um, In the process uh, a group of uh, Egyptian orphans wander onto the dig site Because <laughs> sure
0: Why not? They are really into card games
1: um in the process uh the there's an there's an accident at the dig site when they're finding the millennium items and the millennium puzzle is broken back into pieces uh this somehow but the, in the process of doing this they also discover a heretofore unknown millennium item that was never mentioned called the quantum cube because sure.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a fucking... That sounds like a millennium item.
1: Uh, I mean, it's Ancient a box. E- yeah, but the, Ancient w-
0: Egypt was really into their quantum mechanics.
1: <laughs> I have no idea how dumb this is going to get. Okay, so... um, The quantum cube, of course, is possessed by some sort of dark spirit, as all of these fucking things are. Match. Uh, it... When the puzzle is, when the million puzzle is broken, the pieces possess people. Cause sure, <laughs> uh. and as a part of this, um, well, as part as, as and because of the big site, uh, weird. Millennium dark magic shit goes wrong, and uh, the people that Kaiba hired to uh, to do the excavation are killed. Maybe it's always hard to tell in Yu-Gi-Oh because they explode into shards, but that could mean anything. That could just mean their spirit went to the shadow realm. I don't fucking know. But um,
0: they got sent to Magic the Gathering.
1: Uh so these um dark spirits in question one of them possesses the eldest of these of these Egyptian orphans who has a uh past well he has um a grudge against the white-haired guy Bakara because the dark spirit that possessed his millennium item killed his father sure whatever uh
0: yeah why not fuck it i don't know
1: And so, having killed these people, or killed, biggest air quotes in the world, um, uh, (laughs) the guy disappears with his, his, the two, several pieces of the Millennium Puzzle, uh, at some point he shows up in Tokyo, as all ancient Egyptian stuff does. Naturally. Um everyone uh, knows
0: Tokyo is a hub for Egyptian culture it's like Chinatown uh, in New York you know little Cairo I'm
1: just saying this stuff I'm trying not to laugh oh, okay I can get through this I'm still kind of it's stuck on the orphans movie. It's, it's a two hour movie I can do this I can do this it's a two uh, hour that, movie that. what the fuck yeah it's a two hour ten minute movie <laughs>
0: What the fuck! <laughs> How did Yu-Gi-Oh get feature
1: length? I don't know. I don't know where I got this budget. There's not even uh, enough fucking
0: story in Yu-Gi-Oh to fill one episode.
1: <laughs> well, they they pull the they pull the thing that every Yu-Gi-Oh thing does when they are out of time, just drag out the fucking duel. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I I'm gonna play one card, but it'll take me seven minutes.
1: Yeah. So the battle. So what I've described covers the fucking budget for this. I don't know. It totally all went into the traditional animation because the CG is shit. Of course it is. I mean, even more shit than normal for like a T for like a movie budget type anime thing. Like they usually try a little harder on those. But anyway, so. Kaiba does the one thing Kaiba knows how to do when he wants something. He starts a dueling tournament.
0: Yeah, he's like Heihachi, but, like, dumb.
1: <laughs> and this, of course, summons the of uh, the other, the more evil of them. I think his name's, like, Aigami. I don't care. Uh, he summons the, the guy who's possessed by the dark Sphere and ends this piece of the puzzle. Uh, the... Uh, with one, the other orphan, who's the main guy's sister, goes looking for Yugi because she somehow knows about the dark, the spirit of the Millennium Puzzle. Gives him her shard, and Yugi, of course, eventually shows up and works his way through the tournament. There's a number of fights, but it's 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 dual monsters. You know it by now if you want to care or not. And I don't. Yeah, and so, we, wasn't so, wasn't, and it up- wasn't the plot
0: of the show like Yugi is fucking trash at dueling until he fucking gets possessed by an ancient Egyptian pharaoh who's somehow amazing at a children's card game?
1: Yeah, but like, and the point of this series at this point was that um, uh, is that uh, the um, this is that like this is like a sequel after the end of the series where the spirit has gone back to Egypt and Yugi is maturing as a person. Hold on,
0: but not maturing some, but not maturing enough to actually stop playing.
1: No, no, he still plays his card game.
0: And I don't mean that as, like, a diss against anybody who fucking plays card games. I fucking play card games. I like them. It's just I don't take them... That, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry to anybody. Just... I'm fucking trying to fill time, man. I don't know. This whole fucking thing is ridiculous. I'm looking at a fucking box office thing that says this movie made a million dollars in America. And I still don't understand how it's fucking... Over two hours. That doesn't make sense to me. Also, apparently this film is the 18th highest grossing anime film over here in the West.
1: Okay, so I want to try to get through the rest of this because, like, I just want to get to the ending and its spectacular (laughs) stupidity. Oh, man. All right. So, um, the first 40 minutes was all the stuff I told you before with all the setup. Um, the next... That,
0: That took 40 minutes?!
1: Yes, it's Yu Gi Oh. If you if <laughs> if you have, the, oh, I I mean I, I thought I, that would be I, half the
0: movie. I,
1: no, no, first forty minutes. The next hour is dueling. <laughs> of course it is. And there's like some like minor subplot stuff with like the Yu Gi and his friends are about to graduate high school, so they're like, "What are we going to do with our lives?" But you know, it's just, like typical TGIF sitcom bullshit. So I don't care. <laughs>
0: yeah but thank God they're finally graduating.
1: <laughs> they actually do graduate at over the ending credits so they've been in school for how long of- now? Uh, in universe the normal amount of time in real world um twenty years.
0: Jesus <laughs> I remember, yeah. fuck yeah! I remember when Yu-Gi-Oh! first started coming out. I was in elementary school.
1: <laughs> I think well, it wasn't like I think I was
0: in grade two. Yep. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, you want to feel old? Look back on the date that Yu-Gi-Oh! first started.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, good night, a
1: fire, Buzzfeed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, uh, the first 40 minutes is set up. The next hour is boring dueling. Uh, after that, um, after Yugi gets all the pieces of the puzzle back, Kaiba's like, okay, you've got the puzzle, now bring back the dark spirit so I can duel him. At which point, Yugi has to explain to them, okay, you were there when the series ended. You know the spirit's not in it anymore. <laughs> like, I could I could put the puzzle back together, but it doesn't mean anything.
0: Yeah, put your fucking dick back in your pants.
1: Yeah. So when the when the duelist was possessed by the evil monsters, defeated. Of course, the evil monster comes out as a giant bad CG duel monster and starts sucking up people's souls and whatnot. Whatever. Uh, Yu Gi Oh shit. It, it of course ends after um, Seto's soul is absorbed and Yu Gi is knocked out, which of course summons the Pharaoh for literally not even a duel type thing, just a literal Deus Ex Machina because he doesn't. He doesn't duel at that point. He just summons the duel disc, pulls a card, puts it down, and it—it's not a duel monster card. It's just Egyptian Kaiba. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a aspect of the series that I never gave a shit about. That in in ancient Egypt, Kaiba was like the head sorcerer to the pharaoh. But why does he? Why is he a card? I don't know. <laughs> Is that
0: is that like is that like tournament legal?
1: I I don't know.
0: If only Trey were here. He knows he knows about Yu Gi Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish Trey were here because I I think he would kind of enjoy this. <laughs> oh man. Ugh. so yeah. Um. <laughs> Fuck. So now, okay. So after that, you know everything's magically fixed when uh, the Seto the Seto card summons the power of the constellations and destroys whatever the CG monster is. I don't know. Um, so like, yeah, the tournament's wrapped up. All the pieces of the puzzle are back together. Uh, all the souls are returned. Yada yada yada. Uh, goes into wrap up, typical ridiculous '90s type montage thing. Like you're expecting. Like, did how did you watch *Bennett the Sage*?
0: Uh, not regularly.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, one of his earlier videos was of the um, King of Fighters anime movie, (laughs) and it ends on this super ridiculously cheesy, uh, early 90s song and, like, a a freeze frame of a guy with an uh, exposed chest throwing his hat up into the air. Terry Bogard? Yeah, Terry Bogard. Yeah, it's just like, whoa, 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 angels, come feel the dark out of the brand new day. It's some like <laughs> bullshit like that.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a fucking smash hit in the works.
1: <laughs> it's so cheesy. So, um, yeah, like the, the, the credits play out. Everything's back to normal. Uh, the girl of the group, Taya, is that her name? I think.
0: Fuck, I don't know.
1: (laughs) She seems to go off and do her own thing somewhere else. She's an obelisk blue, right? I don't don't know. (laughs) She she gets in an airplane to go somewhere else. I assume it's overseas. I don't care. Um, But now the part that I really like. The ending stinger. Because Kaiba, in his infinite stupidity... (laughs) 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 Oh... Um, so I forgot to mention this, but, uh, of course, this being a millennium item, the quantum cube can create, like, alternate realms for stuff to go in and out of, because sure. Yeah, it's Tesseract. Uh, uh, Kaiba, in his infinite wisdom, uses the quantum cube along with his own technology to project his soul into the past so he can duel the pharaoh.
0: Did his soul bring his deck with him?
1: It appears to, because, like, the last image you see of Kaiba is, like, him, like, creating, like, a spirit duel disc on his arm for the duel. Wasn't
0: ancient (laughs) Egypt dueling, like, done with, like, giant stone tablets that actually summoned for realsies monsters?
1: Yeah, but, like... (laughs)
0: Is that tournament legal?
1: I don't know. You're expecting me to explain the logic of this? I'm just telling you the shit that happened.
0: Uh, I just I just want, like, a fucking, like, how it should have ended thing where, fucking, it does that, and then Kaiba <laughs> just walks up to the pharaoh, and he's and he's like, Dark Yugi, I've come to duel you! He's like, okay, summons the fucking, like, weird ancient god monster, and then Kaiba lays down a trap card, and <laughs> he he's like... He
1: doesn't even say anything, like... It's it's so hilarious. It doesn't even say anything. He just does like sort of like a hey, we're going to duel with swords type thing. Where he just he just stoically stares at him, swings his arm out, and the duel disc appears. And the 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 pharaoh stands up and does the <laughs> smile. And you're like, really? That that's what we're ending on? <laughs> yes,
0: finally, I can ignore all my people dying and all the slavery and just play fucking duel monsters.
1: And, like, I've, I've actually re- I've read the Wikipedia entry for this because I was having trouble understanding the plot, even as dumb as it is. Because Yu-Gi-Oh! for as dumb as it is, is super complicated occasionally. Oh, yeah, like, like
0: Yu-Gi-Oh! is, Yu-Gi-Oh! gets super deep into fucking, like, extra-dimensional travel and shit and all kinds of their weird-ass magic bullshit. Fucking Heart of the Cards. <laughs>
1: So yeah. But like and according to the Wikipedia entry and according to the Wikipedia entry, what he actually did was pro- was use um and I forgot to mention this, his vehicle for traveling into the past, I don't know if you've seen this movie, looks like the car from Time Cop.
0: <laughs> I thought it was gonna be the five D motorcycle. <laughs>
1: Oh, it almost was. That's what it <laughs> kind of felt like. Because, it, like, it's not enough that, like, he it that he developed a car to travel in the past by combining ancient magic with it, with stupid dual disc technology. It, in order to enter the past, he had to shoot himself down literally from space because the device is in orbit.
0: Okay. Yeah, sure, fuck it. <laughs> with like
1: this with like a time tunnel elevator down into the earth. <laughs> I would love how the nations of the world how that would have been explained to them. Oh sir yep. Why do you have a giant tunnel down to the earth from your orbiting satellite? <laughs> oh so yeah, um this was even by Yu-Gi-Oh standards, this was dumb. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. It should not have been 2 hours and 10 minutes.
0: <laughs> it really shouldn't have.
1: But I'm so glad I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of want you to just, like, see if you can go and find clips of it on YouTube just to get an impression of the f- shit I'm talking about, <laughs> particularly the ending. Because, like I said, uh, I think he, he he combined ancient magic with dual-disc technology to travel into the past. Uh, Wikipedia thinks he used ancient magic and, a, and a, like I said, the time cop car to make his soul enter the Underworld. Yeah, because sure the which past is because sure, the past
0: is dead. I've seen the I've seen the Langoliers.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure which is more believable. <laughs> oh god. Oh man. God bless you, Yu-Gi-Oh, You stupid, stupid series. I needed this kind of bad after this cut kind of some kind of the bad shit I've talked about recently. There's nothing. There's nothing offensive about this kind of badness. You just kind of giggle.
0: Yeah, yeah. I. This is the happiest I've heard you sound on this podcast in a while.
1: <laughs> I needed this kind of mindless dumb. I'm sorry. I'm not saying it's good, but oh my! It's God, entertaining. I almost want to rip this and show this to people. Kind of like how when, uh, Cora told you about the Conan movie with the cross-dressing Jack the Ripper who threw ninja smoke bombs. Oh. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: anyway, I'm done. Please talk about something so I stop giggling like a moron.
0: Okay, yeah, that, <laughs> that last one did kind of take the wind out of the sails for my fucking thing, because I only have one thing to talk about.
1: I'm sorry.
0: Nah, That's fine.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <sighs> so, Saikei Mata Shitemo.
1: I don't know what that is.
0: It's weird. Sounds like it. Yeah, so, it's about this kid, uh... Name Psyche. Uh, he is. He is just kind of bored. Like he, he spends, like he spends a lot of his time like cutting himself off from people, not really interacting with them. But he's still like doing the thing where he like rehearses what he would say should somebody approach him and talk to him. Okay. Doesn't really have anything wait, going. Wait, on. Say,
1: wait, wait, say that again. What? I'm not sure I understood. I thought I did.
0: But, so like, um, it's something. It's something that I've done a couple times. Like just kind of like walking around, like. He doesn't. He, it, he doesn't find himself in social situations a lot, but he okay. mentally tries to prepare for them should the event arise that he becomes in that situation.
1: Okay, now I understand. Yeah, I've done that before too.
0: Yes, yeah, so he's like. So he's like sitting in class reading a book, and some people next to him are talking about like, "Oh man, yeah, yeah I just read this book. Fucking things are great." And so he is just kind of running through the scenario in his head of like, "Oh hey, what are you reading?" And It's like, "Oh, this is just the fucking thing. I don't know. Whatever. You want to read it."
1: So far it sounds like a less depressing version of that dark comedy. It's not it's my it's not my fault I'm not popular.
0: Kinda. It then gets weird.
1: I'm totally surprised.
0: When his childhood friend uh go like calls him over to a lake where they used to hang out as a kid, like a little small little pond. Uh when they were young. Uh she almost drowned in it, but then he dove into the fucking pond and tried to save her. He also almost drowned. But then the two of them kind of got out and everything's like, yeah, great. And so then she goes to walk away and immediately gets sideswiped by a fucking
1: semi. And so she is uh, dead. So-, <laughs> S- uh, so-, so we're in uh, Nicholas Cage, the wicker man territory.
0: It's about as subtle as that.
1: <laughs>
0: because, because what we see this happen a couple times because every time it happens, it is just a straight on like side shot of her with the truck in taking up the entirety of the frame. <laughs> so yeah, she fucking yeah. just dies. He is sad, it's like, oh god, everything's fucking horrible. He then falls into the pond and wakes up seven AM the day his friend dies. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh! Are we in a uh, uh, yeah, uh, Groundhog's Day situation?
0: Uh, Groundhog's Day. Uh, well, it, it, I think it was more of an erased kind of okay, situation. Okay, so
1: wait. Okay, so it's not like going back over and over again. It's like go back once. Uh
0: no. Well, technically, it is going back over and over again because he keeps failing to save her.
1: Okay, so it is a, uh, it's a Groundhog situation, but it's a Groundhog situation in the same, less with the. You're not sure why you can't get out, and more like there's one specific goal, and because you keep failing at it, you keep having to go back. So it's more like a Steinsgate situation,
0: kind of. And it's not even, and it's not even like a. Um, it, it, actually, Steinsgate is kind of a appropriate thing because the only time he travels back in time is when he throws himself into that pond. Okay. So just a situation of, so just a situation of like watching it from the outside. It is two kids, like middle school kids. Hanging out near a pond One of them gets fucking Plowed by a truck The other one just fucking Head first right into a pond Well he's just going Ah fuck Okay And he tries like Every other And he tries like Every fucking iteration He can to try to figure out How to fucking Stop this from happening But no matter what he does Everything keeps leading To his friend Being killed by this truck
1: why is everyone doing this now? There's, is like the third or fourth time this year I've heard a version of this plot.
0: It gets weirder. Okay. So, it so it gets to a point where he has seen this happen like fucking like a hundred times or something, and so he gets the idea that oh, the reason this keeps happening is because somebody's meant to die right there. It might as well be me now. So he goes and pushes the girl out of the way at at, at the last and, and like the last rotation. He kind of plays with the motions, going through doing stuff. Pushes her out of the way, but then the truck swerves off and doesn't hit either of them. Okay. And does and does it, he
1: still travel back in time when that happens? Nope. Or? Okay.
0: Nope. So uh so then the two of them uh end up digging up a time capsule, which they had buried when they were which were they had buried shortly after they almost drowned. But he had forgotten all about it. And it is revealed that he, the thing that he put in there was that he wants to be a hero. He he almost died saving his friend, but he didn't want that ever to happen again. So he writes a message to his future self saying, hey, are you a hero now? And so then he begins using his fucking time travel powers to just make people's lives better. Just every okay, day. So
1: he, so he does have to willingly do something to yes, he, ev- make yes, time travel he, ha- he has to throw
0: okay. himself into the pond. Okay. Yeah, so just, so then just for the rest of his, so then for the next few weeks, he repeats every day like nine or ten times because he's just walking along, he sees something terrible happen, goes and throws himself in the pond, wakes up, prevents that thing from happening, Then, then the next terrible thing he sees happen, goes and throws himself in the pond, and it just starts like looping days over and over and over
1: again. Is this like an anthology situation where there's no overarching plot, or does it just like sort of continue onwards?
0: Then the plot kicks in.
1: Okay. That's it bad is question.
0: As it is then discovered that there are multiple people throughout the city with powers, and it turns oh into goody. a superhero story.
1: And I'm I'm assuming that, that's not all the same powers.
0: No, all of them have different powers, and all their powers are weirdly specific.
1: Okay. Well, it's usually more fun when they're weirdly specific because if it's too if it's too common. Then you're just dealing with, uh, you know, normal shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, um, like kind of. He he got he gets a he gets a partner in all this. Uh, he after he discovers that there are people out there who have powers, he finds that there are people who are abusing their powers. So sure. then he you
1: know superhero yeah. supervillains.
0: Yeah, so then he begins his quest to go out there find people who are abusing their powers, and then use his powers to stop them from abusing their powers. Okay. And so his partner oh, really in this, legit? I cannot remember his name, but he has the power to turn anything he touches into styrofoam. Weird. Yeah, and so it's a situation of him walking down a street, turning a lamp post, like a le- like or like or like an electric cable post, into styrofoam, ripping it off and carrying it around like he's fucking Shizuo.
1: <laughs> okay, does that work?
0: Yes, it does because because like people don't really. When you see somebody carrying around a fucking like telephone thing and you know people have superpowers, your thing your first thought isn't, oh that's styrofoam. Your first thought is, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and so then he so he uses like all these fucking shit, and what he does is he will go and swing it, and then the second before it hits, he turns at least part of it back into the real material, so they actually are being hit by a fucking lamppost.
1: Okay, I see. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah, and so then he and so then uh Psyche, goes through this day like 900 or so times, like like a fucking dozens and dozens and dozens of times, just trying to fight, just just trying to figure out what that guy's powers are. Once he does, gets him to the lake, tries to figure out how to fight him. You're like, all right, so I go and break this, and then I get punched in the fucking face. So I go break this, dodge that, then I get fucking knee in the stomach. And then after he gets all that figured out, he then goes through another few dozen times, trying to punch him in the jaw just right to give him a concussion. And then from there, uh, we get other powers. Like, there's a guy who can uh, turn people into cats based on the type of tea he makes them. Uh, there, is a, there is a lady who has, like, tape powers. And the tape is indestructible unless you cut it at a 45-degree angle using children's safety scissors.
1: Sure. You weren't kidding about the weirdly specific.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and they also encounter a guy who has the power to put people to sleep and suck their souls into his head. But he can can only do it if the person's eyes are closed. He takes them by the chin and says, welcome to Dreamland. Okay. See, you see what I mean, weirdly specific.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And things just weirdly progress from there. There's a character uh, who kind of gets introduced. uh, He's called the Negabrain. Okay. He's the fir- he's the first real antagonist, and his power is that he can take away other people's powers, but only if they willingly give them up. Okay. So, so like, what he'll do is he'll grab somebody by the head, and then it just feels like people are fucking stabbing knives into his brain until he says, "Hey, I relinquish my powers," and then his powers go away forever. And he really hates Psyche, because he believes that. By going back in time and altering things, he is changing people's fate, and thus he is a demon. By going against fate, you are fucking with the natural order of things, and you need to be destroyed. Okay. And yeah, and... Then that arc ends, and they begin a new one kind of immediately. With a different villain. Who we would never really been introduced before, but was apparently part of the fucking evil faction that was working with the fucking Negabrain guy. Or he might have been the guy who did Slimes. I don't know. This whole shit's fucking weird. But I kind of like it. I kind of like how this weird story just keeps bouncing between different plot lines.
1: Because like, okay.
0: like I said, it's like... It starts out like in a race and then turns into just this dude fucking going around doing nice things because he has time powers. And then it turns into a superhero story. And then it turns into a different kind of superhero story. Because uh, cause, like, the whole thing with Negbrain it was, it was conflicting ideologies. It was, hey, I have the power to, I have the power to save people, so I'm going to do it. And he, and then the other guy is, people need to be left to their own devices and their own fates. We shouldn't interfere. And now it turns into guy fighting Magneto. Okay. Because this new guy believes that uh, people with these powers are the next stage of human evolution and thus everyone else needs to be fucking wiped out. And while all sure. this is happening, Psyche, his fucking powers are fucking with his head because of the butterfly effect bullshit of like old memories. like
1: Constantly messing with, t- with time travel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so he is just having fucking brain hemorrhages and then loses all of his memories. And then a fucking 10-year-old kid with the power to make anybody believe any lie he tells them says, hey, you're friends with us. Oh, goody. (laughs) Because the guy who's running the fucking Magneto camp believes that the time travel power is the most powerful ability in the planet. Okay. Which, like, kinda, but... Not really when you have to throw yourself into a very specific pond.
1: Yeah. No, it's like you said even the powerful ones have weird limitations
0: I kind of dig this I I like the Sounds main interesting. I like the main character a lot uh he, he 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 does start off as like very kind of misanthropic but then you you like learn oh wait he's not misanthropic he's just really awkward around people and then he fucking like finds out that he has the ability to help people and there is goddamn no hesitation just like oh yeah I could just fucking save people okay let's do that like, even when he re- even when he learns, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fucking die because my brain's going to explode, he's still like, yeah, I need to fucking help people. Okay, cool. Yeah, and uh, the only kind of weird thing about it is the artwork. Uh, it is very flat. If I'm remembering it right. I think I am.
1: Okay. That doesn't really mean anything to me. So, when you say flat, it's like, it's just no, there's no, dy- it's not dynamic, it's not really... It doesn't really convey things really interestingly.
0: Uh, kind of. It it seems its art style seems like it's more suited for like a shoujo series.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Because the things that seem to have like the most detail and the most like real effort and energy put into them seem to be any kind of emotional things. Like, I'm just fucking looking at a bunch of pictures of it now, and the one that stands out is our main character crying. Okay. Like there's, there's not a whole lot of, like, really over-the-top-looking designs and anything. Everybody is fairly normal-looking. But the art style does work well for the comedy side of things. It just doesn't work so well for the more serious side of things. Which I guess is a good reason to not show any of the fucking gore, because this is a largely bloodless series. Like, there is some blood every now and again, but a lot of the, like, really big gore shots are cut away to or cut away from like we like we never actually see that lady after she got hit by the truck
1: yeah like truck well, there
0: cut away next time we see her she has just fucking blankets all over her because of japanese i guess funeral rites or whatever
1: yeah or i mean if i mean if it could be that or it could be the body was like the, if the body's really mangled in an accident it, Authority. It, well, it, it,
0: it, this wasn't authority blanket. This was like she was on a bed with a blanket covering her body, then a blanket covering her face.
1: Yeah. Okay. That. Yeah. That's funeral rites type stuff.
0: Yeah. If you get a chance to check out uh, Sakemata Shitemo, it is pretty solid. Just don't expect like a long going story arc. Okay. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of like fairly quickly done. Arcs that all kind of end well and move into the next thing just fine, but you're not, you're not going to get a whole lot of like real long, long run out series unless you count like this, unless you count like the previous Mega stuff and this new Magneto shit as one continuous arc. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Other than that, I've mostly been just waiting for new, co- new chapters of fucking Shield Hero Welcome to the Ballroom.
1: Yeah, well welcome to the ballroom that one. It's not quite one punch man bad levels of it takes forever to get a new chapter, but it I guess because they're long and really intricate chapters it's a little bit more understandable, but Yeah, and we're in the fucking middle of a tournament. Yeah. And it and it's a tournament that I like and don't like because what certain more important narrative tournaments do in this series as they end up being dancing uh, couples counseling but with dancing.
0: yeah pretty much <laughs> like the last few like the last few chapters have just been like Chan realizing oh wait, I'm kind of a bitch
1: yeah yeah, so when I, well, I get well I get that from a narr- like the the whole idea of metaphorically working out your issues through a form of interpretive expression. It gets kind of tiring to read on a regular basis.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, the art's still great. I still like the story and the characters. I just need them to get through this. Yeah, just fucking
0: move. Do something. Well, you got that anime coming out soon.
1: Yep. Welcome to the ballroom. (laughs) We have (laughs) got the (laughs) shoes.
0: It would be amazing if they actually did get a really shitty GNR cover band to do the intro uh, for uh, it. uh, (sighs) (sighs) Uh. Oh,
1: sweet dude of mine. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck?
0: Anyway. That doesn't hurt when reading and watching then. On to news. So first up, uh, the latest of the new run of Jump comics have been cancelled. This one is the Demon Prince Poro's Diary.
1: I have no idea what that is.
0: (laughs) Uh, It is a manga that I talked about the first chapter of, where the Demon Prince of Hell comes to Earth and goes to high school. Ah. It came out in the same grouping of new book of new uh, series as U nineteen and we can't study.
1: Okay, um, ni- well U nineteen already just got canceled, and yep. I'm kind of surprised we can't study is still going.
0: Yep, I forgot this series existed,
1: <laughs> and uh, like I I never read it, so that's why I forgot. I'd like you even read it, and you didn't forget remember it existed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just saw like, hey Demon Prince Power, oh yeah that fucking thing, how's that doing? Oh it's end, oh it's over. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not what from what you've told me, it doesn't sound like it's like I mean it could have been interesting, but from initial impressions it wasn't really. Nope. So it's just kinda there.
0: <laughs> yep, but now it isn't anymore. Yep. It may it it released enough chapters for two volumes.
1: Cool.
0: Yes, it ended on Monday. Uh, moving on, we got uh, new season announcements for uh, two different anime. Uh, the first one is Shokugeki no Soma getting a third season this fall.
1: Why?
0: Because tits and food. It, I don't know.
1: The anime is so bland. It really like, is. I mean, I have I have problems with the manga, but it's it, it Shokugeki no Soma's anime is kind of like Naruto except with no actual action. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and they can't really do the, the. They have not been able to carry over like any kind of energy that the manga had for their things into their fucking like the fucking autumn election battles. Those were all fucking terrible.
1: Yeah. Then they get then they get like, the, like, they get the like
0: their internships, th- and it's and like the animation quality just drops by like fucking fifty percent of the budget.
1: Yeah, and like the most recent chapter featured the the chick with the crazy eyes and the the pointed teeth to decapitating you know, what. Oh decapitating a live crocodile. Don't yeah. think they'll show much of that in the anime. <laughs> oh,
0: fuck no, it's gonna be just... It's gonna be, like, her face and then it was just a black screen. Yeah. Not e- not even any feathering, just, like, a hard cut.
1: Yeah, so, like, literally all the stuff that I can still kind of enjoy about the manga visually, even... Because I'm not invested in the story at all. I just kind of want it to end. Yeah. But all the stuff I enjoy about it visually is gone. It, like, in the, like, well, not gone. Like, it was never really there in the anime. So... Yeah, I yep. Like, 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 Cora still gives me shit about the my redi- my, in hindsight, misguidedly positive review of the first episode because I was that five out of five to get all of that, all of those weird little details from the anime from the manga into the anime. But no, it's not animated that well. The story wasn't all that interesting. So it probably would be more like a three, now maybe a four, just because I was such a fan of the manga at that point. But yeah. No, it's not a five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway. Koro still gives me shit about that, but even if I admit it, he'll still give me shit about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And another one is uh, Yomushi Pedal. Uh,
1: well, by all indications, that series keeps being good,
0: so. Yeah. Uh, Hiroyuki Horiuchi, uh revealed on Twitter that he is scheduled to work on a fourth season of Yomushi Pedal, but a fourth season hasn't been officially announced yet.
1: Okay. Well, that just means they haven't announced it yet. I mean, it like, they didn't announce that Ghidorah, Rodan, and Moth were going to be in the next Godzilla movie until several months after we already knew that. Skull Island basically said, yeah, they're going to be in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, huh, a big Moth thing, a three-headed thing, and a big bird-looking thing. What could those possibly be in Godzilla? I don't know
1: yeah that just means they haven't announced it yet and for all of, like every season of uh, Yoamushi pedalize I'm aware of has been both critically acclaimed and a pretty big hit both here and in the state and in the, Japan so that doesn't surprise me. yeah he me, he me, he, God damn it. <laughs> I can't see his face without that shit coming into my head. It's
0: a, it's an annoyingly catchy little tune. Uh. Even the fucking sprinter from that team just went to that fucking store It's like, oh god, I'm sticking in on, on reflux now. What the hell's happening? Anywho, then right along. So, the Twitter account for the Osada Shizuoka branch of Yoshimi Books, because this is how we're getting our anime news now, uh, posted a picture in the last couple of weeks that revealed that there is an anime adaptation in the works for the Rising of the Shield Hero.
1: I mean again that doesn't surprise me. Like um, if you go to bookstores in the we- in in the US, you'll sometimes see like reprintings of popular books that are getting like movie or TV adaptations. Like I just saw a new version of American Gods on the shelves today and a new version of Stephen King's The Dark Tower stuff. Uh-huh. So, no, I'm I'm not surprised that uh, bookstores might be advertising a new television series or movie if they sell the books. That doesn't really surprise me.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the flyer that they post, that they tweeted a picture of uh, states that there will be, be a promotional video for the anime uh, premiering at Anime Expo on July 1st.
1: Okay.
0: And I kind of can't wait for that. I really love Rising of the Shield Hero even if yeah you've told me yeah even if in the current arc everybody's still being a fucking dumbass
1: (laughs) that's always fun
0: yeah it it's they kind of the main character is a bit of a dick but they're trying to give him sympathy points by making everybody else even a bigger dick
1: yeah you've mentioned that that the character has his shortcomings but he's surrounded by such colossal assholes that you kind of root for him
0: (laughs) Yeah, like even in, like even after, like he, like he was been, he was fucking vindicated, like, like all the rumors that were about him kind of just got dispelled in, like, last, at the end of the last arc, and then beginning of this arc, all the other heroes are like treating him like a piece of shit and just saying, hey, you fucking cheater, how did you get that good?
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway. Moving on. Continuing the news that will surprise nobody, uh, Berserk's going back on hiatus
1: that series ever kept it consistent
0: <laughs> nope so yeah uh, in uh, the 13th issue of Young Animal Magazine it was revealed that uh, the Berserk manga is will be going back on hiatus until quote around winter
1: that's distractingly vague
0: <laughs> yep the previous hiatus for anybody curious lasted from September of last year until March of this year I'm wondering if he's just, like, trying to avoid, like, an Oda situation of just, I want to keep writing this until, I want to keep writing this until the end, but I don't want to die.
1: Possibly.
0: Yeah. Anyway, final piece of news. Uh, Studio Trigger announced via Twitter that at this year's Anime Expo, they'll they'll be revealing, quote, multiple new titles.
1: Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, uh, uh, as annoyed as I am with Netflix that they're only just... I don't know how Netflix worked out this deal where... I mean, I've seen the episodes, but uh, Little Witch Academia's new... Th- the full television series is not going to get streamed until July. So yeah. maybe tomorrow, maybe maybe next week. But the series is already over in this, in Japan. And this is one of... The, unlike... It's kind of a series... I don't think um, Trigger has had this big a hit since the people were still working with Gynax. Yeah. They're doing Gurren Lagan because the other series they've worked on have been kind of hit or miss.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But when they hit, they hit hard.
1: Yeah, no, I know. The Trigger's one of the most distinctive units in the industry.
0: Yeah. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank y'all for joining us. We'll be back. In two weeks' time with episode of the bestdoorprods.com. Anime Monkey Podcast. In between now and then, though, they got shit. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Something will happen. Probably. (laughs) Maybe Trey will come back. Maybe he'll like us again. Maybe we. we, we, Baby, come back.
0: (laughs) Any kind of food could
1: see.
0: (laughs) Thank y'all for joining us. Until then, I'm dead. And I'm Bertie.